0: Will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches in PR and marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. How do you create a brand that connects so deeply with your customer? Today, I am joined by Sharon Keegan, founder of fitness brand Peachy Lean, to talk about her story and the growth of Peachy Lean. Now, Sharon, thank you very much for joining me today. You're so welcome. Very honoured to be here. Thank you, Nicole. I know I call Peachy Lean a fitness brand, but it's so much more than that, isn't
1: it? In your words, what is Peachy Lean? So Peachy Lean essentially is confidence. So we're selling confidence in the form of spandex and nylon, but it's so much more than that. So I think it stemmed out of really me feeling um unrepresented not seen you know in the wellness industry i had um suffered with postnatal depression and to overcome that i got myself into the gym my local gym which i absolutely fell in love with fitness i lost a lot of weight but i never seen myself in the imagery um in the fitness in industry imagery or the wellness industry imagery and I also couldn't find active wear that would suit a postnatal body shape and support me in the way that I needed, like with a say, for instance, a mum tum or a shifted pelvis. So I was working out in a pair of Spanx, Um, lovely Sarah Blakely's very beautiful but very uncomfortable pair of Spanx. like yeah, to work out under in underwear. It. Yeah. And <laughs> um, because they, but they were great. They held my tummy, right? So they held my tummy and they were double layered. So they would always, you know, give me that kind of streamlined physique. And after a very uncomfortable session, I thought, Geez, "There has to be something on the market that has a fight compression and, you know, like hold your midsection because it's your trunk. It's the tree trunk of your, you know, it holds everything together. And when it gets loose, you need to, someone something to hold it. So you know, P.G. Lynn was born literally from that idea and it was born at, like I had my my son, Liam, at home. I was after being made redundant from a, a business that I was running in the UK um, and I brought it into Ireland and I was made redundant after about eight years running that business. And I was just at home with Liam. And I thought, right, I'm going to I'm going to draw this product. I'm not a designer like you, but I drew it and I had a few contacts in the manufacturing industry. And of course, Alibaba and stuff had blown up at that stage. And it was very easy to uh, source manufacturers. And that literally sent away a few samples and we got it, got a hole in one and as they'd call it in, in the innovation design terms. <laughs>
0: and and that's not, that's not the norm though, in terms of actually getting something from a development and, and being able to do it so well, so, so quickly. You're a serial entrepreneur, like so teaching wasn't your first time. You set up a couple of businesses before that. Where does that spirit come
1: from, that entrepreneurial drive? Do you know what? This is funny um, because I'm going through something at the moment, which I will share because I think it's really important, but I'll give, I'll leave that till later on the podcast. But I have been asking myself, why <laughs> recently? Why do I do Why do you put yourself you know? through it? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not for the money and that's for sure because uh, and we work a lot of hours and we get a lot of rejection. So I think, look, I think from an early age my dad was quite entrepreneurial and being the eldest daughter to a dad who was entrepreneurial and my mother actually my mother worked for herself as well you kind of look up to your parents you're always trying to please your parents and the word entrepreneur was was it was not used certainly when the school I, I was in in St. Mark's yeah. back in I was the final class of 2000 so geez a long time since I've been in school I'm 40 now so But but in my day in Tala, where I was from, a working class um, community, great community, great people, but, you know, working class community, you never really heard of entrepreneurs and you certainly didn't hear of a female entrepreneur. So I had this, like I had this love affair with the word, if I'm truly honest. And then I learned that the word meant that, you know, you were kind of someone who set up or fixed problems or set up you know it brought an idea to a, a a business and like from very very early days I was you know running small businesses you know and then um yeah I've, I've ran about three or four different businesses now at this stage so I, I don't know what, where my drive comes from maybe it's always to please my father like maybe it was always for that recognition of like well you're doing good love but I have to be honest that never comes you never, you've never got it yet <laughs> I could stand on my head honestly and my father, my dad would just you know part of true life but he I know he's proud of me do you know what I mean I do know that it's just yeah I don't know it's the, it's the I don't know what it is I, I've still yet blood. to find out yeah could you imagine working for anybody else do you know what it, and again I will tell the story but no I don't think I would be taken on at this stage I think <laughs> I'm a, I'm a problem fixer, but I'm definitely somebody who is quite difficult to work with. I I, I like to build the team mm-hmm. and work in the team with the team. I certainly uh, work well with uh, all teams, but I don't think I could go in under someone's in on the team. An entrepreneur, an I'd be I'd be I'd be setting up business within the business, if you know what I mean. I'm just yeah. an, I'm an ideas person. That's that's what I do, you know. And you mentioned there are a
0: couple of the other businesses that you um said it beforehand which didn't for for one reason or another didn't take off or yeah or, what what did you learn from those
1: or was there any kind of common thread that as to why they didn't work so earlier on like i had a tanning business i had a beauty products business and um, both of them they they basically fizzled out they were they were they were side hustles if you know what i mean and i I was young, I was traveling, I wanted to be, I used to work with horses, actually, I used to train horses and then I'd do the, the beauty stuff on the side for extra cash because anyone who works with horses will know it's a labor of love and certainly not something you make any money from. But um, yeah, so, and then I suppose later on, you know, I was kind of running other people's businesses. But again, the market sometimes, it's not the right timing for things. Like, for instance, I was running a business in the UK a, a brand called Prime Minister is running their business here in Ireland for them. And at that time, the sterling and euro was fluctuating so much like it is now, actually. But, you know, at, the, at that particular time, it was fluctuating and it was very unsteady. So I think overnight, the sterling rose I think it was 20% higher than what it was. And to import then from the UK was just non-viable. And we had to pull that business very quickly, which was horrendous because I was actually pregnant at the time. It was just a tough, tough time. So sometimes the market decides, if you know what I mean, like you can, I think that the common theme that I've seen the businesses that work or businesses that have scaled is the one number one thing that I always see through all of it is timing. It was just the right time for that particular thing, do you know? So I think yeah. with PGD, we were just lucky that fitness wear had taken off. You see now an explosion, like an absolute explosion of fitness wear. Uh, I always call it the gym shark effect because yeah. he had done so well that everyone really jumped into that. Um, but yeah, we just found our little niche, and then that created its own kind of power in itself. So we niched quite early on and stayed true to that and didn't didn't um, go outside the niche, um, and, that, and it seemed to work very well for us. So.
0: And what if people, are, are there things that people have been saying to you, oh, you should do this, you should do that. And you're like, no, we're, you know, this is our tunnel. This is what we're doing.
1: How yeah. do you
0: kind of, how do you stay in your lane or keep that, hold that vision?
1: It's all then, like, I learned very, very early about branding. Okay. So branding for me was something that was super, super important. And I learned it from some of the best brand people in the world. Like, Prime Minister, the guys that ran that business were brand people and from, you know, working with them, alongside them for many years. I really learned about the story, your values, staying true to and authentic to, to oneself. And if you create your community that are true to your brand, you will always have people buying your product. So I think that that was something from the very, very start that I was really kind of cemented, Um, you know, we're a female empowerment brand. We're for, we're for all peachy to, to six, peachy size 26 to lean size six you know, we stay stay true to our values, which is authenticity. You know, we do not Photoshop imagery. We do want to empower women's real body types and show imagery of real women um, because there's nothing wrong with, you know, real women, you know, and I think that if we, I think what we, what we did from the very start is we stayed true to that and we never steered away from it. So I think, I've seen brands now over the last while and you probably agree or disagree now, but I have seen brands lose their way. Mm. It's like they're they're clutching at straws and they're picking a little piece of everything to try and gain market share back, if you know what I mean? Yeah, hopping from one thing to another or... Hopping from one thing to another and, and confusing the, the core customer. And I think that's a really important lesson for any entrepreneur is, you know, there are going to be times where you'll question yourself and you will think, oh God, should we should we not be doing men's or... Should we yeah. be doing this? And should we that style is, you know, we, we we should be cooler, you know. You get this all the time. But no, stay true to what the woman wants, your core customer, what she has asked for, and stay true to the values, and you will always be in business. So and
0: speaking about
1: your customer, do you do? I mean, you have
0: a great community, and I'll ask you about that in a in a minute, mm-hmm. but in terms of from the research side of things and reaching out to your customer, do you do a lot of that? Like, if you're building new ranges, do you reach out to your customer and get their opinion and get their feedback?
1: Yeah, we do do that. And at the very start, I think we were lucky because, um, like, it, look, at the very start, it was me and myself, and I, I always say we, and I used to say that from a very, <laughs> you know, it was me, it was me and the baby, okay. But um, from the start, it was always a woman who needed support in the midsection. That's where it's the whole idea started but that changed because I because I actually thought it was a postnatal product because I was selling it as oh this is a postnatal legging mm. and Instagram changed it so I always like say if young entrepreneurs ask me oh you know um how do I validate the product or how do I promote the product I always say tell the story of the product but the market decides Who buys the product? You actually don't know who's going to buy it. If you know what I mean, or who's going to lean into it. And I'll give you an example. So, we thought it was a post nail product, and then Instagram obviously was just you know this this amazing tool that we could use, but that that I really didn't know anything about at the start. And Instagrammers of a size extra small were taking the product and taking photographs of the back of the product because it has this like heart on the back of the product. And then all of a sudden we were selling out of extra smalls and all the influencers were buying them. And these were these were girls that didn't have any babies. So it was like, okay, so the market has decided that this is now a a mainstream product and not a postnatal product. So it it was a good lesson, or good learning. But we would ask the community all the time what they're looking for. And at the start, they will will tell us if they don't like something and they will tell us if they do like something. And it's a really good way to validate colours and colour options. And it's a good way to validate product options. And I'll give you an example of that. So this year, we we April filled our community with uh, a new product called Beachy Lean, which was basically a swimsuit and two um, love hearts, which is our logo across the nipple of the swimsuit. And we thought it was a full joke, like that everyone would get it. Like I thought, oh, God, this is really funny. And even the name Beachy Lean. And like we got 200 people that signed up for the product. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, it's not a real product. (laughs) So now we have to go and do a promotional Uh, 200 units of like Beachy Lean (laughs) for these women in the community. So it just goes to show you just don't know what you know, what your community are looking for. Like, but they were into this anyway.
0: So tell me about Dragon's Den. How did that come about?
1: Oh, that was so much fun. Oh, my God. So um, how did it come about? So a good friend of mine ran a business called, you probably know her, Hidden Heroes. She also had an a Instagram account so she would be an influencer um it's called baby led feeding she and i were re- trying to raise cash we we both had one csf funding competitive start funding by enterprise ireland for the female founders round and you win fifty thousand in investment and you then have to go and you know create kind of milestones within the business and one of the milestones was to you know create basically create more funding and you know uh, launch the product in the uk So I had said to her, you need to go on the Dragon's Den because that's a UK product and it would be brilliant for there. And she says, well, I will if you will. And I said, well, I would love to because I have loved the Dragon's Den my whole life being in an entrepreneurial family. And we, we, you know, on a Sunday night, we'd all watch the Dragon's Den together. So I loved it. So I said, absolutely. And then you send in the application. But a year had passed, like I didn't hear anything. And I was sitting in McDonald's. Please don't judge me. But I was sitting in McDonald's. (laughs) on the (laughs) nape road with my I think it would have been Liam yeah or Bobby one of the one of the boys anyway and um I got a phone call and it was the producer of Dragon's Den asking me would I come to a screen testing in the UK so it didn't take me very long to say yes yeah (laughs) which I you know were you like are you serious is this what you know I thought it was a complete nerd joke but I but it like you know, the accent was there. It was very professional. I was like, "Okay, this is real," and I did send in the application. So you know, happy yeah. days. So um, so that was in um, that was in January of 2020, and none of us knew what was coming for anybody at that stage. Um, I had just come back from the ISPO trade fair, which is a big design and sports trade fair in Munich, and I went, flew off to. So it was the 22nd of January, 2020 and screen tested for the dragon's den which was just the most exciting thing that i'd probably ever been through at that stage and it was all like hush hush you can't you sign ndas you're not allowed to say anything i was in the studios of countdown and i was in all you know i've seen coronation street i was like (laughs) life is for living but uh yeah it was brilliant and yeah screen tested for that and then covid covid hit in march and um yeah, tough times for everybody in March, right? So we were all locked in um, and I just heard nothing. And unfortunately at that time, I I myself and my family had gone through a bit of a tough, tough period. And then in I think six weeks after my brother passed away, it was. and, And after that, I got a phone call asking me would I come and pitch? And I was like, no, definitely not. I wouldn't be able to. And I told them what happened and they were like, okay, well, look, we have a few other people that we could, we're going to ring, but we would like to keep talking to you and see if um, at any stage you'll feel ready to come. And I had kind of like just written it off, you know, at that stage I thought, Oh, if I do that, I'm just completely disrespecting my brother's memory, my family. I, I don't feel like doing that. I don't want to do that. It's just, I just, I, to be honest, I was in a very dark place if mm. I'm truly, truly honest. So, so that went on. And then my dad, I told my dad, so my, my dad is like, the best way to describe my father is Dell by Trotter in the Dublin version. Okay. So my dad is the entrepreneur Dell by Trotter and he's only missing the three wheeler car. If I'm truly <laughs> honest, right? he has tried his hand at every single business you can imagine. Now, I mean, he's been um he was a computer components, he had he had a business doing computer components, he had a, a business doing driveways, he did a business doing windows, he did business he did he was a haulage business for twenty years, it was a distribution business. Like he has tried everything. And he's the kind of person that when you ask him to do something, like he just knows how to do it. Like he's super, super dad, we call him. Right? Yeah. So super dad comes along and says to me, Sharon, your brother made this happen for you. And I'm telling you now that I want you to do this and I will come with you and you're going to do it because if you don't do it, like you're passing up an opportunity that was gifted to you from him. Yeah. So obviously you can imagine. Yeah. You he's, can't say no to that. You when can't it's not put- say no to that. Like, So, yeah, so it was brilliant. We went over. It was COVID time. So it was a bubble plane and there was a bubble taxi. and There was a bubble, bloody bubble everything. (laughs) There was screens up everywhere. And um, they knew the situation I was in. They didn't let anybody travel. It was only one. You had to go by yourself. But they let my dad come with me and just with the circumstances. And yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was phenomenal. And I'll be really honest with you, Nicole. I was in the hairdressers before going into studio. Okay. And I sat in the hairdressers and I said, I'm not doing this. I am not doing this. I like, what am I doing? Like, why am I here? What am I doing? I am going to be the one that they they absolutely annihilate on the show. And I really don't need any more pain right now.
0: Yeah.
1: And I remember saying to my dad when I walked out, oh, dad, like, I'm going to tell them that I have COVID because I just really don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. And again, I got another lecture. I bet you got <laughs> a real lecture after from that one. I didn't come over all the way over here, you know, the usual. So I was like, oh God. So anyway, we went in and thank God I did it because look what happened.
0: And so what's happened with the funding of that? How has that helped? What's that kind of, how has that
1: propelled the business? Yeah, so we, so the Dragon's Den was filmed in September of 2020. It aired in April 2021. So by the time we had done the deal, the TV deal with the Dragons, the deal from the dragons was kind of unviable if you know what i mean because we had grown exponentially without funding from the dragons if you know what i mean so the i think the valuation they gave us on the show was like 300,000 or something like that which was just like honestly it was unviable like the solicitors they couldn't do it the shares yeah. weren't they just were it's just not a, a viable deal so tuka helped with some connections in manufacturing which he was incredibly helpful by the way like really really helpful he went into our factories he had guys on the ground there and got us you know great deals with the factories Um, he introduced us to his team which was Charles so we kind of worked with them for a while Sarah was incredibly supportive as well like I absolutely adore Sarah to this day I adore her she's amazing but we didn't do the the 30 percent deal with them yeah and then we went on to raise funds, a large amount of funds. So we might raise 750000 for a very good deal, if you know what I mean. Um, and yeah. much better valuation, like a four million valuation or something like that. So, yeah. You know, I think, look, it was an amazing experience. And I would I would advise all consumer facing brands if they have something that's quite unique and innovative and has a great story to go and do that. And if they need to, the application form to come to me, I will give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Start doing some coaching with it. Going, like, yeah. This is how you do it. This is what you yeah. say. Absolutely. Like it's it's it, it accelerated us as a brand into the into the UK, across into the U.S. Now, sometimes we get Australian sales because the BBC show it in Australia, you know, we still get bumps of sales, but whatever they do, sometimes they promote it on YouTube or whatever the story is, like it's got 7 million views or something like that on YouTube at the moment, that video. And like, do you know what I mean? I don't know how many of them transferred into sales because we don't yeah. know, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, it's you phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you to get that to get the bronze seen by that many people. Yeah. And. So you're you're going for funding again for seed funding again now, aren't you?
1: Yeah. So we're in the middle of a round. We've raised more funds, and we're just back. We're back out raising. I think. Look, what I've learned, Nicole, is that when you start raising, you're kind of always raising cash. Um, it's just because you're you're accelerating at such a level that your cash flow. You know, you just need cash flow. <laughs> I'm yeah. learning all about cash flow. That's one thing I'm learning about. We had a, a real instant recently where cash flow was really tight. And it was, it was a scary situation. Um, And thankfully we we, we got funding. So, you know, happily, happily, you know, the business still exists, but it's a very scary period when you, when you run into cash issues, you know, with the business and your business is running at such a scale, like a scale and such a um, a fast rate that you really need to keep up with the cash all the time. So big lessons for any entrepreneur.
0: And were there any, with that situation, I know you posted about it, about it on linkedin about someone asked you how are you doing or you know you said you know what i'm actually going to take this opportunity and say this is tough this is where we are mm-hmm. and were there any for, for that cash flow situation you had were there any were there warning signs that you didn't see or anything that you could have would have done differently now or now yeah. do differently because of it
1: yeah and thanks for asking that because i'm actually just just over it so it's actually really good learnings so I'm the creative, right? I'm the entrepreneur, the creative. I'm not very good at the the spreadsheets and the finances. And I think my lesson, and 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 my lesson came a long time ago when I was raising capital. You know, I needed someone on the team, my right-hand person, to be very good at the numbers and to understand the business. So don't get me wrong, I'm I'm good with the numbers now, but I, I had to kind of at some point go, okay, I need help here. I need to understand more what's happening. And cash flow is something we do keep on top of. So we had that cash planned in for April, and when it didn't come in in April, we survived. But I knew in May, if it didn't come in, we'd be in trouble. So I think the preemption of knowing going into May we're going to, we're in trouble now that was really scary because there was a situation where we couldn't pay wages, and that's never a nice situation to be in, whether it's your own wages, your COO, your right hand person, or or any of your staff's wages. No company wants to ever be in that position because they're your goals, your your team, you know what I mean? You want to always look after them. But what I would have done differently, I suppose, um, what would I have done differently? It was out of our control, really, what happened. It was, I I don't want to say too much because I don't want to get myself into a bit of trouble, but it was actually out of our hands. It was a contract paperwork thing. (laughs) And there's nothing we could do. Was investment drawn down by an institution that we actually had no control over, and it took a lot longer. So I think, in hindsight, looking back, I would I would elongate the time frames that you expect cash to come in. For instance, now we know when we're going to run out of cash again, and we're already raising. You know, to make sure you'd have those buffers. You'd have. Longer buffers in place, longer t- time frames. Yeah, because yeah. it's just not the same as what it used to be. Like, don't get me wrong, like, we're not experts at raising capital or anything of the sort. I'm certainly not putting my hands up for that one. But, you know, it is longer, it's taken longer, the conversations longer. I think it's the digital, like, this is now what I've been told years ago, you used to go into a boardroom and you would have conversations, you would pitch, you would be a person to person. They would analyze the business. They would go away and do due diligence and deals were done really quickly. Now it's Zoom meetings, due diligence, Zoom meetings, due diligence. It seems to kind of elongate the process for some reason. I don't know why. I would have thought it would have sped it up maybe. But I think that the not connecting with your investors is actually yeah, it's it's probably a hindrance on raising capital at the moment. I'm not sure now because I, I know, really don't know. it's never maybe not either. having
0: all those decision makers in the one room at the one time because they can feel oh we can just have another Zoom or we can do another whatever yeah. it might
1: be. And um, I think this camaraderie, right? You know, like if you have investors yeah. in the room, like we have a great investor, Meg Lustman, she's absolutely incredible. She was the ex-CEO of Hobbs and you know, non-exec director of of Ted Baker. She's a phenomenal woman. And like, she's a powerhouse. So like she get her in the room and if she's invested as their lead investor, all these angel investors are just like, OK, right. We're in, Do you know, because it because she, yeah. kind of, you know, leaves that amazing impression on people and Dan Ryan and, you know, uh, other investors that we have. So I just think not knowing each other and then just these faces on the screen can one be intimidating for angel investors and two, there's no connection Do you know they don't feel like, oh, well, we're all in this together because it is a risk at the end of the day. So. Yeah.
0: And how do you stay in those kind of situations? How do you keep your shit together? Essentially, you know, you're <laughs> your positive and all of that because you're you're a leader at the end of the day as well, you know, and you have to try and keep your cool for the team, but. But for your own self as well, how do you keep going? Well, the answer is I
1: don't. <laughs> Nobody has their shit together. I'm really <laughs> no, but you don't. Like, like, let's be honest here, right? So like everyone thinks everybody has their stuff together. Nobody has their stuff together. Everyone is trying their best. Everyone is sometimes, you know, drowning or paddling really quick under the water and the big, you know, swan effect on, on the top and keeping it all together. And I think that's why leaning into honesty and authenticity is so powerful to teach others. OK, because I can't learn if you just keep showing me the glossy image of perfection. I just yeah. can't learn from that. I can only learn when I hear the stories of destruction and heartache and pain and all of the stuff that we've gone through personally ourselves with grief and, and life, life, like yeah. the life stuff. I want to hear about it. I want to learn about it. There's only so much you can read in a book. Like you have to hear it. And I, I think people who are in business and particularly with female founders, we, we need to break down the wall of like, because I think as females in particular, because I, I, I don't, I don't always say female and male because we're all the same. Okay. We are all the same. We're all trying our best male or female, but females in particular, because we have so much responsibilities on the children's side. Yeah. We, we put the facade on, like we have it all together. Like it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. If you said fine three times in a sentence, you're not fine. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, like you just have to share and be honest and lean into your support network And I think sharing for me anyway, like just recently sharing that story um, on stage on front of 650 women and then what led to that after, you know, the the Kellogg story and what happened there. Like that was so powerful for me in my life, like so powerful, like the, the tears flowing from everybody who actually read the post or who was involved in the story. Um shows that if you share your your true vulnerability and your true like struggles everybody wants to help you yeah. know everybody wants to help and then look how you keep your shit together is you don't drink alcohol because that is just not a good thing to be doing even though you really want the glass of wine don't drink the glass of wine <laughs> and, and get yourself out walking in nature you know if it's if it's a tough day, get the runners on, get out, have a walk, walk it out. No, Everything is better after a walk, you know. Oh, and definitely. <laughs> and uh, what What are the challenges the business that you're facing right now? So right now, I think, look, I think if you look at consumer goods overall, okay, retail overall, you have people with like, this is a real true story. So my, my family members have interest rates risen so high that like 400 euros of their expenditure has come out of like basically come off the table because their mortgage has gone up by 400 euros mm. like that's a huge dent in people's salaries monthly salaries add on top of that the cost of living like I went to the, the shop the other day and again don't judge me between McDonald's and hubba <laughs> bubba, but I bought two packets of <laughs> hubba bubba chewing gums for my children and they cost me five euros oh my god five euros I, I was like <laughs> so anyway they didn't get their home. no of more hubba bubbles for the kids <laughs> 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 but um yeah like you know obviously if, if there's 400 euros gone from your you know extra expense you know extra s- spends per month and then you've got the cost of living which just increase in Ireland to a level of just out of control you know people have stopped spending they've just stopped spending and it's not that they're even saving, they just don't have the extra money. So they're making do with what they have. Um, And then like that on top of the the overflow of COVID craziness, and then this dip in sales, and this kind of like, like flatlining of, okay, this is the real level of sales that we're, we're all at again. Yeah. And then you've got this hold on spends. So you're going to see a lot of consumer brands struggling at the moment, a lot. And like, I have to be very honest about that, because if I don't share that, you know, or like it empowers others to feel, OK, right. We're you know, this is this is something we just have to ride out here. You yeah. just have to be smart, you know, lean into our community a bit more, give a bit more, you know, and um, and just survive it, if you know what I mean. And how are you riding that? How are you? trying to overcome that, like you said, it's with the community. And so let's talk about the community a
0: little bit. Yeah. You have, I mean, the best community. This is, yeah, this is, the, you know, this is the first time we've had a chance to chat, but, you know, I've been following your story. I've been following your Instagram. I've, you know, your LinkedIn and there's a real, you um, know, there's no, there's a real community behind your brand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's obviously a testament to what you've built and how you've started. And like you talked at the beginning in terms of staying true to those brand values yeah. How, how do you, how did you build that community? How did you, I mean, you're very real. I mean, I think and you know, people listening can re- very see how how real you are, you know, McDonald's, hubba-bubba, and, it <laughs> <Yeah. as well. laughs> and, and and the true story, you know, you know, you put, you put yourself on the table, you know, yeah. and
1: how did you build the, the engagement with the community? How did you bring them on the journey? If I'm truly honest, it came from, my own low low self-esteem so like my confidence was really low and I never as I explained earlier I never really seen myself get a chance for like anything really like no imagery I was always I was always such a loud and boisterous character but I was probably I don't know annoying people I don't know I don't know but I was certainly had low self-esteem and I used to think there's a certain kind of person that gets everything or is like seen everywhere and, you know, always seems to get the media jobs or get the uh, modeling jobs or, you know, it, it just seems to be this kind of click. Right now, no, please don't get me wrong because that's OK, too. I, I have nothing against anyone who makes it in life because I am the true champion of all women and men who get up off their backsides and try and better themselves in life. OK, that's that's what I was put on this earth to do. But I wanted to to take the woman who doesn't get a chance and show her, give her a chance because there's so many like women and men that feel a little bit left behind and they just feel like, is this it? Like, is this life? Like, I'm never going to get to do these things. And all them people ever need is what I needed, which was someone just to believe in me, to say to me, you can do it. I, I have your back. Go for it who cares what they think, just lean into it, just do it. So like you obviously have someone like that in your life that gives you that power just to actually go for what you want. Mm. And I think if I can be that for somebody, not me, but the brand, and they can hide behind the brand and say, oh, well, I'm doing this because of peachy lean. Well, then that's just kind of better their overall wellness, their overall mental health, their overall life. And I just think that there's we need more of that. We need more of companies Like not taking so much from people and giving a little bit more, you know. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's the brands that are going to make it in this world. And let's hope. I think, look, with a bit of divine intervention and help from the universe and my brother, but uh, we'll get there, you know. (laughs) We'll get there. And do Um, you like? I I know we talked about
0: the feedback that you get from consumers and stuff like that. How do you? I mean, you recently did the pop up shop. Well, I don't know how recent. It was it Christmas time. Yeah, Christmas. It was recent. Yeah, 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 yes. And was that a real goal for you? Is that something that you were like, yeah, absolutely. How are you nervous about it? Or are you just like, no, I know this is going to work. Let's do it. You
1: know. No, you, Oh, my God. That was a whirlwind. We got notice of that store. Very like the store was Jim Plus Coffee's pop up store. And I would know the boys and I'm big fans of the lads. We are very friendly with each other. I certainly am not competing ever against them because they're the Goliaths here in Ireland and they're doing phenomenal stuff. But it, we'd always be very friendly. And I, I, I heard that it was coming up and I rang Niall out of respect because that's my values. I would never not. And said, look, how do you feel about this? Because, you know, it, like, is that, you know, isn't I'm not standing on anyone's toes or, or anything. Yeah. And I was fairly for sound and said, absolutely not go for it. Which is, again, a great, a great kind of, you know, just great sentiment, great brand, great founder. And he just was like, go for it. So I was delighted with that. And we turned that store around in 48 hours. Now, I mean, yeah, like the power women, like <laughs> power women. But we had a great team. We had a guy from Nike who does all of Nike stores and um, who used to work with Kira, who's our COO. She's also from Nike. She came on board yeah. in August of last year and she brought Michael in. And Michael and his team doodled, do- doodle development. I'll give them a little plug. He'd be a great one to speak to as well. Actually, he's a phenomenal guy. But, um, we he literally he and his team and myself and Kira and Carol, we just got in and 48 hours we were open. It was just yeah, it was brilliant. And it was such a success. Like that store, we would have kept that store open and our board made us close it because we were we were running out of stock and we, we couldn't afford to keep up with the um the level of stock. And if we had planned it better, we possibly would have like keep, kept it open, but it was just so quick. And we had the stock for Q4 and we just blasted it. It was brilliant. And it was just it was it was the energy from the people like meeting the women, hearing their stories like we made a big dressing room that they could bring their buggies in and have sit down. And like it was just it was like having an event every day, you know. With all the and girls and the energy was unbelievable it was brilliant plans to do it again for this year if you can yeah so omni-channel certainly like i got a massive massive learning with the whole omni-channel approach um i think we'd certainly just lean into pop-ups definitely i don't know like i don't and strategic ones run it like a big event and a big party um it certainly drives the online conversions and Drives your CPAs right down your costs per acquisition um, towards your customer online, and yeah, just yeah, definitely. We don't know where we we yet to be confirmed, but definitely looking for our Q four pop up.
0: For people that are listening, depending no matter what kind of stage they're at, what advice would you give?
1: What advice? So whatever stage you're at, okay. So I think everything starts with your self belief. Okay. And I think that man, woman, child, whatever age you are, it doesn't matter if you're 60, you can start a business. Okay. And I think that the biggest barrier we ever face is our own brain telling us that they won't like what we're doing and they will slag us or put us down or whatever it is. And the word they I learned very quickly. You know, because they is is usually probably an ex-partner, a best friend that you fell out with, you know, your in-laws or your sister-in-law that you don't like or whatever they are. So the word they is your own insecurities, but always remember that they don't pay your bills (laughs) and they don't have to be in the room with you when you shut your eyes for the very last time. And they don't have to be in your brain when you're telling yourself at the end of your life, I gave it my best go. And I really, really gave it my best shot. And I think we, we spoke about this before we went on air and I'll, I'll speak about it now. Um, losing people in your life, Nicole, and I know you lost your dad. And I'm sorry to hear that. And, and losing someone so special to you, you do realize that your life is not infinite. There is a time, you know, where we will go out of date And we will, unfortunately, go off and go to the moon, which I tell my kids, my brothers and the men. And when you go through that grief and that trauma, you learn how to live. And I always say this to people who've lost so, so early in life. It's a curse and both a gift because Mm -hmm. you are gifted the gratefulness of every single day and that we have the freedom on this planet to do actually whatever we want to do. And it's such a gift to learn that at such an early age, of course, an excruciating traumatic loss, but also a gift to learn how to live. And I know you felt the same way, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think,
0: you know, from, I mean, I lost my dad when I was 27. So 20 years ago now, actually. Yeah, I think, you know, before that happened, it's like you live in a bit of a bubble and you think nothing ever, but well, that happens to other people, you know, yeah,
1: you're untouchable.
0: Yeah. And I think when, when something like that happens, like you said, you just go, right, okay, well, you know, every day, what do I want my life to look like? Like you said, when you when you close your eyes, do you want to be proud of what you did? Do you want to be happy with what you did? Do you want to, you know, do you want to have had the time to spend with the people that you love rather than chasing yeah. something that you don't want or chasing yeah. something that you think other people want, you know?
1: My, Sean, is my partner. We never got married, Nicole, because we were due to get married in Ibiza in a gorgeous, fabulous villa, right? <laughs> Back when we were no kids. And I was 33 and we booked the wedding and then I got pregnant and I was due the day of the wedding. So that never happened. Right. But I bought a kitchen out of the money and that's the best <laughs> thing I ever bought. Right? So <laughs> it's grand. I don't need to. You still wedding. have the same yeah. kitchen or have you had to replace <laughs> it. still the have kitchen? the same kitchen and we use it every day. So it's great. But Sean said to me recently, it's great. He said, Sharon, you know, because I was going through a really, really tough period for, for people. Listen, we were running out of cash flow. I couldn't pay the wages You know, it was a very, very stressful period. I thought I was going to lose the business. Thankfully, we didn't. And everything is fine. We've got the money, but, you know, it was a stressful period. But on the worst day, the really tough day, he said to me, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do? Because he'd never tell me to give up. But he said, what do you want to do? And all I wanted to do, and I'm all in crying, like, well, (laughs) I just wanted to get into bed with my kids. I just wanted to get into bed with the boys. And just get in, like, just lie in bed with them and watch a stupid film where I could just zone out. And it taught me such a big lesson because there will be a day where we get bad news or something's going to happen again. The, the ups and downs of roller coaster of life in general, business or otherwise. But they are your wealth. They are success to me. You know, that is my success is because when the shit the fan, that's all I wanted to be. That's, that's where I wanted to be is with them. So I think that was my biggest lesson in the last um, few weeks going through a traumatic period is that they are my loves. They are my success. They are my legacy. They are my my life. Yes. And business is something I'm good at. I love it. You know, why do I do it? I do not know because I'm not honestly I someday think what the hell they are my wealth and my success. You know, I actually wrote I wrote a piece. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a speech tomorrow. And the piece was actually why I, I wrote, I wrote why. And I wrote a big piece on it. And in the piece, I'm, I'm saying, like, why do we do this? We certainly don't do it for the money. We don't do it for, um, you know, for the nine to five success and the cash check at the end of it. But actually, we do it because we can. Mm. And my mother couldn't. And my grandmother certainly couldn't. And her mother couldn't and the women before all of them couldn't and our generation are the only women that have been given the opportunity to do what we do and be free and not only be free but to change the landscape for the women coming underneath us so we have a responsibility i think that if we can we should yeah
0: <laughs> and and i think there's that responsibility for to teach the next generation and show the next generation. And I think you show that with your, you show that to your customers, yeah. you know, you show that to your kids as well. And I've, I've got a little girl. I am not say with the boys as well, but I remember my little boy saying to me, this is when he was four. Right. When we girls can't be doctors. Oh, he got into, he got into a big lesson. He got a big talk <laughs> to you after that, but like at four, you know, to yeah. be saying that, you know, as a boy, yeah. But um, he got it, you know, he got a sharp awakening after
1: that conversation, after that, especially um, with you, especially with you being his mama. You know, you have to teach them. You do have to teach them. But it's but but it just comes from school. It comes from books, like stuff that we wouldn't even recognize now, you know, libraries, all of the books, like everything like needs to be updated and changed because that's all the kids are seeing, you know, they don't don't know any different, you know. These, so, um, in
0: terms of, it we talked about self belief. In terms of advice, anything else that you'd say to people that are listening?
1: So, self belief. Surround yourself with really, really good people. Anyone who, who's negative in your life, you have to get rid of them because God. Lo- not that you get rid of them or do anything. But they, like that's their own stuff. You can't take responsibility for a negative person. You have to live in your own positive bubble. Um. Remember that nobody knows everything and like it's all sometimes a facade. So, you know, we live in the digital world, incredibly difficult, Nicole, for our children growing up. We have to teach our kids. I have to teach myself even some days. It's never what you see in the image and it's never you never see behind the scenes. You do. You never know somebody's story or what somebody's carrying or what they're going through on a daily basis. You know, not that you would judge people, but if you do, just remember, you don't know the full story ever, you know, and just you're responsible for your own story. And I think people just need to be a a little bit more authentic, lean out for help, ask for help. People will help. People want to help. Humans want to help. You know, they really do. And if you have an idea and you want to get started, ask people in your network um, who've done it before. They will help. And if they don't answer, it's just because they're busy. Go to the next person. And go to the yes. next person and go to the next person and keep trying until you get there.
0: And what would you say? My last two questions down there. I i love loving kid. this conversation. It's great. I love it. <laughs> um, what would you, what do you want to stop, start and continue doing
1: with the business? With the business. Okay. I was, I was going into life stuff there. I was like, oh, I'll stop drinking. What, awesome. answer, answer whichever way you want. <laughs> okay. So stop. What do I want to stop in the business?
0: Or leave behind, or you know, it, it might not necessarily be kind of maybe it's your something that you're doing in the business and you want to delegate it, or you know, whatever you whatever yeah. might.
1: Well, look, what I would like, like to you? stop. It, what I would like to stop is the the constant, you know, constant kind of craving for cash flow because it, at an early stage, seed round, you're you know, you're constantly chasing that. So I would like to stop that and give myself a bit of breathing space. I would like to start the run rate and success rate of all the R&D and activity that we've been working on for so long, but don't have the cash to execute. So that was, I would like to start with that and start kind of delivering all them amazing products, you know, one being the beachy lean, <laughs> if it's <what> everybody wants for <laughs> them. Um, yeah. Like I would like to kind of start them all of the projects that we've, you know, we've kind of been working on, but we've never had the capital to execute. And I would love to continue building on the community, the face of Peachy Lee and telling the women's stories. I love stories. I love women's stories. I love the struggle in the everyday. I love I love literally empowering and putting women on a pedestal just for being the everyday woman, like because we do so much that we are not given credit for. And I think that if I can continue to do that, as well as, you know, keep the business afloat, I will always be happy and always be delighted to do this job. And where
0: would you like to see, I suppose you probably covered it all right, but in terms of the business in the next 12 months, what would you like? If you had a magic wand, what would you be doing?
1: Oh God, I would love to, I would love to see PG Lean really grow in the US. I think it's primed product for the US. They think that, Irish community in, in general would possibly pick up on the story and love the kind of the nuts and bolts of the brand. But actually, one of the learnings that we learned when we were in Pop Up in Dundrum is everyone thought we were an American brand. Everyone kept, you know, people that didn't know the brand would come in and say, Yeah, God, was like, where is the whereabouts in the States is it from? And we we're like, We're not an American brand. We're Irish. We're from Walkenstown. Like, they're like, yeah. like, You've
0: got such a strong Dublin accent as well. Yeah. You're going,
1: it was so funny they were like oh my god it's so american but that's because european brands and irish brands never leaned into that size inclusivity the woman of all color all shape all all nationalities chinese uh, african-american like all, all different nationalities and we always did that from day one. Like we always did that because I just because I was very strong on brand and and I I felt everybody should have a place and and be seen. And look, everybody's doing it now. It, sometimes to the, sometimes it's it's actually quite contrived, is the word I would use. Um, you know, and a bit mm, that's a bit false, but however, you know, you, 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 they're just taking a box if you know what I mean. And I just feel that people understand consumers know these things they understand They're, the wall cannot be pulled over consumers eyes so yeah um so, so in the future i want to be very positive so the future for p Lane is a space or maybe some sort of success in america i would absolutely that would be the dream for me i left a 19 year old girl sharon a 19 year old former self in new york city I traveled over when I was 19. I had the best time ever. It was so good. Like, oh, my God. And I should have never come home. <laughs> <laughs> never. But she's still there. Brilliant. And I always say, I have to go over and revisit that former self. So wash this space. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: my last question for you is finish yeah. this sentence for me. Success requires what?
1: Success requires positive mindset for me, success can be anything you want it to be. I've gone through incredible hardship in the last three years, not just my brother. I've lost a lot of people, good friends, good good um, family members and good friends. And I've nearly lost a business, which is traumatic in itself because that's your baby, right? But I think a positive mindset was the only thing that got me through any of that because, you know, if I didn't think positively at them times, I could have very easily not I could not be even sitting here talking to you that's the truth you know Mm -hmm. you have to teach yourself how to think positive if you don't think positive um and success can be anything success can be sitting in bed with your two boys that's my that was in that in the moment that was my success and I think even if the success came which the dream everyone thinks, oh, we'll sell the business and we'll make loads of money or all this. I, I actually think that, I don't know if that would be success for me because I'd probably grieve the business a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Who who can say? But success is very different to everybody and everyone. And to get there, you have to think in a positive mindset. Thank you
0: so much. I love this conversation.
1: Thank you oh, You're you so for... welcome. It was so Thank lovely to and, meet you, Nicole. So lovely to and, meet and you. And you. And where can people find Picheline? So Peachy Lean is really predominantly online. We're very active on Instagram. So you can find us at Peachy Lean Official, but we're www.peachylean.com. And yeah, if you ever want to join or see us, we're very active in the community doing all sorts of fun things like yoga, pilates, yoga, lattes, dancing, dancing. We're doing an amazing walk at the moment, 100K for the Marie Keaton Foundation in honor of our good friend, Trina Cleary, who died only last uh, Wednesday. She was only 38 years of age. And we're doing a big charity walk for her very soon as well. So you can join in.
0: And for prospective investors that might be listening, how can (laughs) they invest in the brand?
1: Yeah. So we're looking for investors who, um, and we're actually now very, really, this sounds very um, not contrived, but I, I, not to blow around trump, but we actually look for investors who have industry expertise and we work with some incredible investors so if you have anything that you could share with PG lane when it comes to either retail um, e-commerce or design manufacturing, we would love to speak to you because um we are definitely on a journey and yeah we would love to speak to very industry uh, industry expert investors
0: fantastic and i will be back again next week with another great guest and if you've enjoyed this episode as much as i have i'd love for you to leave a review so that more people can hear sharon's story and learn more about business in general thanks
1: very much sharon oh thank you nicole